Everybody, welcome back to the Hidden Zoo, where every week we make fun of an animal that probably doesn't exist. I'm Don. With me, as always, is Blake. Don, I'm kind of upset with you right now. Wait, t- can I introduce our guest before you tell me why? Yeah, I, you know why, but yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, with me uh, as well are a couple of returning guests to the show. Uh, Tom, say hello to the Hi. people, Tom. Hi. Uh, from our episode of uh, the the Piasaw Bird, right? You did yeah, the, you did the Piasaw. And, uh, and John from the Enfield Monster. Hello. Oh, I missed both of those probably. Yeah, yeah. Ryan was there for those ones, but I think you were working on Z. Okay, so why are you upset with me? Because I watched three quarters <laughs> of the dumbest shit I've seen in a while. <laughs> he didn't even it's get like, to I'd the ghost I'd rather watch like, a kid hit another kid with a shovel for an hour and a half. Dude, I could watch that. No, like, like Russian kids jump off buildings. That's more interesting <laughs> than whatever the hell that was. Well, we'll talk about that. But first, uh, John wanted to tell us about a recent political development related to Bigfoot, as he was a guest on our Bigfoot political show too. <laughs> roll the roll the breaking news stinger. So, unfortunately, to, <laughs> I want to share some sad news with everybody. The uh, Virginia Republican Party held their annual party conference the other day, which is like would be their equivalent of a party primary, and noted Bigfoot eroticist Denver Riggleman was not selected to run for his seat that he currently holds in Congress. Now, was so it- that means that the number of Bigfoot eroticists in Congress has gone from one verified to only 75 suspected. <laughs> No taxation without representation. <laughs> so, according There's to the, this, my, this is what we MP. have. This is what we have learned about the Virginia Republican Party. It's that if you like to write in graphic detail about Bigfoot's log, you're totally cool. But if you officiate a gay wedding, you're out. Yeah, <clears throat> that makes that, to, that tracks write them a letter asking to clarify their stance on same-sex Bigfoot <laughs> action. Founded in the butt by my decision to officiate a gay wedding between Bigfoot and a Republican Party official. <laughs> send, them, send them a letter floating, like, I'm thinking about participating in Virginia state politics, but I need to know how conservatives feel about same-sex Bigfoot action. I know you're okay with opposite-sex Bigfoot action. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about, like, girl-on-girl. Girl. I'm talking about, like, dirty Bigfoot dick action. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I also wanted to announce that I got my assessment back for the first module of my cryptozoology course on the Center of Excellence, and I passed with distinction. I got 100%. On, Smiley face. On such questions <laughs> like, uh, why do we say cryptid rather than monster? <laughs> <laughs> what is the nature of cryptozoologist studies? Define four types of creatures that this includes. What is one of the main reasons that cryptozoology is considered a pseudoscience? 
<laughs> and they only gave like two. And uh, is is one of them because scientists are bad people who <laughs> want to protect their scam that they have going and yes. want to keep otherwise well-intended people out from changing the archetypal beliefs. Scientists are so mean. They have their paradigm, and they can't stand for it to be shifted. (laughs) Tired of getting picked on by scholarly journals and publications. Uh, List five attributes that are important for those hoping to succeed as cryptozoologists. And this was literally, (laughs) there were two sentences in in the text. (laughs) Did you list... You list hat and vest, cargo shorts, I wish. cargo shorts, <laughs> and a high tolerance for smelly, strange people. Off-road sandals. No, here's the answer: is curiosity, a passion for exploring unknown ideas and creatures, patience, research skills, and observation skills. Which I had a real hard time not just copying and pasting from the text, because that was basically what the sentence in the text said was that. Um. But since you didn't have any notes from your instructor, presumably you could have just copied it from the text. Well, it said, it said very specifically, don't copy and paste. So they'll probably look out for that. Name Type it in yourself. That's this the is the way center for excellence. Yeah. Please, not the center for plagiarism. Not the center for mediocrity. The center for excellence. I appreciate your commitment to academic honesty. In <laughs> in the field of, of cryptozoology studies, nobody Especially ever earned a with what is it with excellence distinction a with with I'm, distinction yeah I'm distinct nobody ever got one of those through copy and paste on no I know <laughs> and then it had it had me name six famous cryptids so I named six that were like named in the text but I wanted to be really passive aggressive and just list like three dozen off the top of my head <laughs> but I decided not to. So. You should have listed man as the seventh. <laughs> man is the most dangerous cryptid. Yes. Just list all the ones that Discovery Channel has used. <laughs> Which like is most of them. And the Rukin, the voodoo shark. Megalodon. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so there's that. And also, I've been taking some screen caps uh, of it. They have a conspiracy theories diploma course that I somehow missed last time we recorded. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I have a minor. If you do poorly, <laughs> you can just because of the globalists, the globalist elites. Yeah, I was going to get a degree in in conspiracies, but you know they didn't like my views on chemtrails. <laughs> it's all bu- it's all bullshit anyway. Uh, and then I I, I got a oh, screen cap from. From their Facebook group, where a guy named uh, Ken Ken W, and uh, he, he he posted a screen cap of his diploma for mobile photography with distinction, and he Ooh. blurred out his name so we just see Ken W, and he posted it with his personal Facebook account so his whole name is two inches above it. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought for a minute that the like the the cryptid Facebook group was like AA. Where you're a friend of Ken W, and you get to like, page somebody at the airport to come talk to you about cryptids if you're feeling weak. And despite the fact that this is a Welsh fake college, they do have 810 people enrolled in the most white lady American class I've ever heard of, the Extreme Couponing Diploma course. <laughs> wow. So for $135, you can, over the course of your year uh, or your life, save probably less than $135. Hey, hey, if you do, you get an A in the class if you demand a coupon as soon as you 
send the payment in? <laughs> I think you fail if you don't use a coupon code to buy the class. Right. I would hope so. Or, or maybe they just let you in because, oh, you really need this advice. And uh, the last thing I would like to do is read a short review on one of, one of the websites, like Trust Advisor, some garbage, garbage, you know, where people just review other shit. And uh, I want to I preface this by saying the Center for Excellence has like a 4.9 out of 5 star average in their reviews. There are only a handful of 1 and 2 stars. Excuse me. This is a good one, though, because it... A couple of weeks ago, Tom and John, for background, we talked about how they offer a hedge witchery diploma. Oh, yeah. Okay. You posted about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I sent, yeah I, sent, I sent that to you guys. I sent that picture to you guys, too. Um, yeah. And this review is titled, Still Don't Know What a Hedge Witch Does. <laughs> I took the, a hedge witch do. <laughs> I took the very disappointing hedge witch diploma course. Format can be summed up as follows: one explanation of everything that Wiccans and other practitioners of the craft do at a certain time of year or festival. Two, however, hedge witches don't do these things. Three, no further explanation of what hedge witches actually do. So, Don, is, wasn't your explanation of a hedge witch like a self-taught witch? Yeah, it's a it's yeah. So isn't this kind of contra- isn't it kind of contradictory to take a course on how to be a self-taught wizard? Yes, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if there's a if there's a bustle in your hedge witch, should you be a? Uh, I think no. I give it two stars. <laughs> I, I paid three hundred dollars and didn't learn what I expected to learn, but two stars. <laughs> <laughs> Two stars. People were nice. <laughs> Good customer service. Good atmosphere. It really got me turned on to alchemy, which you know turns out what I'm into anyway. It's just the the waspiest review you could give. Like it's it really didn't achieve any of the goals, but um, I can't bring myself to leave one stars because that's mean. Yeah. So two Ste- stars. Stephen two was stars. very nice when I called and and complained. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's that I. I it would probably take me all of 20 minutes to do, like, the next module, but if I'm sitting at my computer and not doing anything else, I'm probably playing a game, and I got a lot of games to play, and I could do this course as long as, as I need to. So maybe maybe I'll do uh, part two this week. Who knows? You don't have a hunger for knowledge? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely I, I hunger for $35 worth of knowledge that I probably already have and also could have gotten from Wikipedia. Can't well, wait to hang that diploma. Taking, oh, I'm definitely. I, I am. I'm getting this diploma, and it is getting hung up on my office wall at work. <laughs> yes. Make sure it's real prominent. Like, move your real shit out of the way a little bit, yep. <laughs> so that the first thing the first thing a visitor sees is that distinction diploma in like huh. cryptozoology. Oh. Get a really nice frame for it with oh, like yeah. lighted, mounted lighting and mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm. Some track lighting in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surrounded in LEDs like an old timey theater marquee. Just this is way better than that degree I got from Hamburger U. It's <laughs> <laughs> really well done. I saw a resume from someone who interviewed at my office once who listed their quote Donald Doctorate degree from Walt Disney World. <laughs> I filled out the and maze. This is, this the maze professional resume. I don't want to out the person because I don't. I, but this was on a professional I resume. I can't oh, believe they worked hard for that Donald Doctor. When, when I went there, they only offered up to a Mickey Masters. I'm really disappointed. 
get a word search for me to do or a jumble? <laughs> the Donald Doctorate, the professor, was very hard to understand. <laughs> you able to identify Huey, Dewey, and Louie with their shirts on. <laughs> so it's it's Donald Duck speaking to you through a Chinese TA. <laughs> just nothing. You don't know what's going on ever. Wow. Yeah, uh, all of my science experience in college was <laughs> Chinese TA. And we had we were just shaking our heads like a, Man. I don't know. Uh, Fortunately, when we when we had the Indian TA, we had like three other Indian dudes in the class, and so they're like, "Okay, here's what we're here's what we're doing," because <laughs> our English is way better than uh, than Raji's. So we'll just explain what's going on. So one thing that people ask a lot in the Facebook study group for the Center for Excellence is, "How are you guys putting this on your resume?" <laughs> and, and it's like it's like I just got the crystal healing diploma. I'm working on my angel Reiki diploma. Should I put that <laughs> under education or hobbies, other uh, activities? What, what are these jobs? How do I can I link this to my LinkedIn? <laughs> the only appropriate answer, the only appropriate answer to how to put that on your resume is in bold. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write a I didn't write a cover letter. I just slapped a Xerox of my angel Reiki <laughs> diploma on top of my resume. This kid's got gumption. I want to hire him. I want someone with crystal moxie. <laughs> Why did you both get hired by Lou Grant? <laughs> crystal moxie sounds like either a 90s uh, like Pepsi product or a drug. That's crystal my moxie. actor name. <laughs> It's a pretty good uh, sexy alias. Angel Riki also sounds like a really good like yeah. 80s band. <laughs> That's a really good new uh, new magical girl anime. Angel Riki the uh, twenty into Angel Riki's G string. <laughs> She's just Man. trying to get herself through angel school at the Center for Excellence. You're a high roller at the uh, <laughs> at the Energy Healing Strip Club, Tom. <laughs> I slipped her. I slipped her thirty five dollars. She's wait, wait, wait. It was a it was a healing society, not a strip club. <laughs> Actually, I just slipped a sunbeam into her g string. It's all the same in the end. <laughs> I gave her a hundred so she can double major. <laughs> And still have $30 left over. I tried to shove a peridot in there, but it didn't fit, and it fell out onto the stage. <laughs> it was embarrassing for everybody. It was supposed to heal her uh, venereal disease, but uh, she'll have to take care of that on her own. Um, let's let's get on with the show. Let's talk about that shitty movie I watched three quarters of. <laughs> that we just watched all of. If you, miss, oh. if you watched only three quarters of it, you missed the absolute best part of it, which I think I'll, I'll save. But my favorite part of the movie was the very last line. <laughs> I, I may have missed the very last line because I was paying about three quarters attention to it. Yeah. Don't worry, I transcribed it. Into and actually, I think it, it, it's a good opener, too. So let's we can start with that, all I right, guess. All right, go, but go it's for a, it. Open your mind to your own personal UFO or Bigfoot oh, reality, right. and it will find you. If you build it, Bigfoot will come. <laughs> and Denver Riggleman knows that better than anyone. <laughs> <Nope>. Everywhere. <laughs> I made it. I made it to the to where the they were in the uh, the Trixie the Trixie photo cabin. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the guy who I'm 100 percent sure is a secret parrot head. 
was describing like where the spectral Bigfoot like to stand. Yeah. We should introduce. We should introduce the movie. The, the movie yeah, is right. actually, it's on it's on Amazon Prime. But most of these that we're going to watch likely are because they have an enormous number of shitty paranormal Bigfoot movies. Uh, it's called The Bigfoot Alien Connection Revealed. And as Blake texted me when he started it last week, it really should be called Aliens Special Cameo by Bigfoot. Yes, but special guest featuring <laughs> featuring special appearance by Bigfoot because it, it, they talk so much about aliens. And oh, so, okay, so the the secret parrot head is actually the subject of the very first note I took because he was part of like the the random B roll uh, <laughs> right. at, at the beginning, uh, and, and I just wrote old man walking around a barber pole because there was no <laughs> the saddest May Day celebration I've ever seen. <laughs> Because it, it, it will get to this, but it was the poll, it was some poll at the Montana Vortex, which if you're anything like me and Blake, you read about Ripley's Believe It or Not as a kid, like a zillion times. And, and uh, there's just a poll there, and he was just walking slow, morose circles around it. And then they cut to another shot while they were talking about Bigfoot slash aliens. And then they interviewed Michael Johnson, but um, not the one from the Atlanta Olympics who set the world record. No. We Not think we're, we're pretty sure this was, this was a heavy set white man. Oh yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, you don't know what those energies are capable of. <laughs> yeah. Now, also, like Sammy Sosa went from a, a muscular African American to a uh, white, pale skinned man. <laughs> so who knows? I saw I saw the video of the man standing next to a woman who was taller than him, <laughs> and then when she moved closer to the camera, she, wait, I got it. <laughs> I saw a small woman stand next to him, and then when she moved closer to the camera, she got bigger than him. Yeah. So my favorite so, part of that is they're they're standing on this plank. Both of them are standing side by side in the plank, and then one she looks taller. Then she walks around behind him, and you can literally see her take a step down. And then, lo and behold, all of a sudden she's a little smaller than he is. Oh, she I was shocked both times. I thought, and then like the first time she was just a little smaller, and the second time she was slightly smaller but this guy it's hard to argue with such a direct demonstration of force perspective bigfoot's power blake did you ever watch homestar runner back when that was a thing in the early 2000s because i think so which one was that it it was a flash site uh flash cartoons real fucking funny they they had this they no it it was its own thing homestarrunner.com com or homestarrunner.net .com Uh, I don't remember I that sounds familiar but I don't really remember it they uh they had a recurring character named Senor Card Gage who is this mealy-mouthed old balding guy who carried around a a, a grocery bag full of melty candy bars and smelled like pea soup and the whole time that the vortex guy was talking that's the only thing I could think of so uh, he was the real life senior card gauge. Where the Bigfoot in the car goes, Miss Mellahan. I was thinking of Gandalf sitting on the sitting in the in the hay cart, and Elijah Wood on a plank like eight feet away sitting there. It's like wow, magic! It's real, and all, and they had a bunch of weird garden gnomes like, yep. pee, like peeking out all around the. And they kept like like, like <laughs> they cut to B-roll shots of that. Like what? What are you doing? At one like, point, at one point they had a shot of like a, a native garden gnome. Yeah, they had a shot of a garden gnome while they were talking about how this was a Native American magical spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
but no, it's, uh, at the, they, they, at the it was actually market. it was actually a uh, a Remember an Easter egg Jimmy shout out to the classic '80s prog rock band Garden Hermit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now the movie the movie did do a pretty exceptional job of exploiting uh, Native Americans who just were trying to make a little bit of money by being willing to be interviewed for this uh, movie. Yep, including the guy wearing a Billie Eilish shirt. <laughs> I'm sure they got that cleared. Don't yeah. worry about it. My uh, my favorite one was the guy who was being interviewed in the literally the parking lot of like a shitty drive-in motel and casino. Make sure you um, the totem pole over his shoulder. Because apparently the guy was okay being interviewed as long as you gave him four dollars worth of quarters and that he didn't miss two for one Tuesday at uh, the Little Canoe Lodge and Casino. <laughs> Shrimp cocktail day, man. Get in there. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a direct quote from uh, Michael Johnson because we all laughed at this one when he said, "When you're out there and you're having experiences, you feel like the first man on the moon or the first woman on the moon." <laughs> I appreciate the commitment to, to gender parity. Yeah, or the or, or the I'm first. Sure, I'm sure, he thinks that there has been a woman on the moon. <laughs> yeah, the and first gender neutral person on the moon. The when f- in reality, there has been no one on the moon. The first, the it first, was all filmed yeah. by Stanley Kubrick in the desert. Your your conspiracy diploma. Uh, and and I, I I want to call out that they made a point. They really leaned hard into the Bigfoot alien thing. Obviously, given the title, of course they would. But it, everybody who saw Bigfoot was called a Bigfoot contactee, mm-hmm. yeah. and not like all, they, all two people who yes. saw Bigfoot. <laughs> you have Bigfoot experiences. Yes. <laughs> Seems like a bunch of UFO dorks got tired of making UFO stuff. They're like, hey, let's do something different. Let's explore Bigfoot yeah. as an alien. One of the guys was my favorite one. Uh, my favorite quote from one of the guys about Bigfoot was, I haven't seen it, but I've smelt it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think he was described as a contactee, but apparently if you – he, he who smelt squatch dealt squatch. <laughs> Well, I think my, my favorite was the guy that ta- John, John, I think you described him as the extra from uh, the Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> it was just literally a guy wearing like a, a beanie stocking cap. And he so had, he had like, a thing about Bigfoot is. From under it and a white, just a white cockney accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, I just saw him. When, uh, like, they don't have to get out of your car to do your interview, sir. <laughs> Roll down the window. Yeah. Hey, don't even turn the engine off. Just keep it running. We'll be yeah. done in, in two. Wait, wait, wait. What would what, what, you guys pull me over for? Are you going to tell me what you pulled me over for? <laughs> I have a uh, right to are know. They, are, they, are they finally making snaps too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of Cockney rhyming slang, but I just can't come up with any good ones. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, ashes. What? Bigfoot. Ashes and soot, you know. <laughs> do I still do I still get to say Pikey a lot? Because I'm in. <laughs> Can I call him a Jippo again? <laughs> oh shit! But they also had Stanton Friedman. Uh, Stanton Friedman, who uh, the late great Stanton Friedman. Yes, who we learned. Blake, you missed this at the end. It was in memoriam of Stanton Friedman because he died oh, no. shortly after they filmed it. Which uh, one was that? He was. I described him as the guy whose face is entirely in the tropics of his head globe. <laughs> but he, he, Stan Friedman, he was a human potato that yeah. they crammed into a really like mustard-colored suit. He looked like a a was, really bad Pat Oswalt character. Yeah, he was a he was a Pat Oswalt character. 
But he's he goes way, way, way back in, in the history oh, of UFO guy. studies. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's been around forever. Yeah. He was looking for, like, Michele Mbembe. And... Yeah, he's been around for forever and a yeah. day. Uh, he died? Yeah, he died last year. Yeah. I just figured he would always be around. But, like, I, yeah, I thought he, he was... In our hearts. <laughs> and he's looked he's looked probably the same for 40 years. Yep. I I don't... I didn't think he was still alive. And And on the same note, like... I didn't think that MUFON still existed. Just like I, I thought that like MUFON ended when Project Blue Book closed, but of course, naturally, they brought up Project Blue Book in this this fucking documentary. That's just what the Majestic Twelve want you to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like here, let's talk about let's talk about uh, the same finished Air Force investigation from the '60s we've been talking about since the '60s. Here are the <laughs> same five pictures of Roswell that we've been looking at since the '50s. Was it a balloon? It couldn't have been a balloon. They changed their story. Yeah. Obviously, it's not a balloon. <laughs> they would never lie about that. What kind of asshole would believe that? Oh, oh, I forgot the guy, the, the guy Richie Extra's name, who I think he was a Bigfoot hunter. Was he a contact? He was a, he was a Bigfoot I hunter. I think he was a hunter. Um, his name was Nick Redfern. So apparently yeah. the, wed, the Redfern grows in, in the East End is, 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 where, <laughs> is where it grows. Sorry, that was really bad. Uh yeah, that was rough. That was rough, Don. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but like, we were talking about uh, when we were watching it. We were talking about how it's not just Stanton Friedman. Like, y- you look at the people who who investigate paranormal nonsense, and it's like the same twelve people across various disciplines since the sixties. So, like, for the most part, I mean, you've got you've got our old friend Totenkopf. Like, you've got you've got you've got our <laughs> yeah. our Confederate Nazi buddy who's part of the new crowd. You know, he's a Gen X uh, Bigfoot hunter. But when it comes to paranormal stuff, like fucking Stanton Friedman was around forever, and uh, a fucking James Patterson or Gimlin, whichever one's still alive and still doing the, the tour circuit. The um, oh, help me out. The 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 uh, fuck. Who were they? The, the the husband and wife ghost investigators who were oh yeah the Warrens the Warrens yeah yeah they were around forever I think they're both dead now he died and then she was around for like next next twenty years yeah. and then she just died recently I think Betty Hill might still be alive but like she was doing her thing forever and ever there's a whole new podcast that I keep hearing commercials for about Betty and Barney Hill and what really happened that night <laughs> what really happened yeah they you mean, lost... you mean what really happened four years later when they underwent hypnosis <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Who sent this? Blake, did you just send this? Well, I looked up to see what that dude looked like, and that was there. So I figured I'd send it to you. Stanton Friedman looks like this Ayatollah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've got a good argument. He yeah. does. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, jeez. So what, what podcast are you listening to where people are advertising the Betty and Barney Hill podcast, Tom? Uh, I think it was on Worst Year Ever. Oh, really? Many, many, many times I've heard that commercial. I have never heard it. I listen to that every week. I, uh, but I'm pretty sure that they change, like ads are different place to yeah. place. Because yeah. I've gotten, I've gotten Breakfast Club ads that specifically call out where to listen to it in Indianapolis, and like I know mm. it's a nationally syndicated show. So I think they do regional ads. So apparently yeah. in northern central Illinois, people are really interested in Betty and Barney Hill. So much Betty and Barney. Hill. No, they're just interested in Bar- in uh, Benny Hill, and they just got <laughs> the algorithm makes makes mistakes. Now I really want to do a short that's a couple of people getting and uh, like <laughs> getting abducted by aliens in fast motion with yakety sacks in the background. <laughs> the Benny Hill abduction. 
and like there have to be tits because I remember when a buddy yeah. of mine in California, his mom was like, I think you guys would like Benny Hill. So I ran into a Benny Hill movie when I lived there in like 98. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, this is silly and fun. Hey, she doesn't have a shirt on. Nice. Thanks, Chris's mom. And then cool. they do that like they do that head on shot of Benny. We're like, yeah. Ooh. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, so it's it's kind of hard to talk about this because there's not a narrative. Like, well, so not, what the, you know? the, the narrative that sort of is there is that they're just trying to come up with a unifying theory of paranormal phenomenon. It's so it true. starts off where, like, they start <laughs> off with Bigfoot and they tenuously hook that into aliens. And then they sort of take a wild left turn and start talking about EVP and then oh, that yeah. leads them into ghosts. And Bigfoot is an alien, but he's also a ghost, and he and can also turn into a Katie did. And yeah. that was their their go to Bigfoot footage. <laughs> they found this is what is fantastic about this movie is they got actual Bigfoot footage. Bigfoot was just a moth at that time. Did you get that far, Blake? That was that was also the no, the, the, the Montana vortex. Let's, a white moth flew into frame. So. <laughs> They're at the mystery spot, uh, and, and you know, after doing all the usual mystery spot stuff, like, the girl changed size slightly, and, hey, let's stand on this floor where it looks like we're all slanty. Um, they, uh, they hook up cameras. They're talking about the, uh, uh, how they recorded the gamma radiation in the region yeah. and how outside it's 20 <laughs> clicks per minute, but inside it's 30 clicks per minute. And this is where Tom paused the video to explain to us exactly why that's a very <laughs> bad. Tom's a science teacher. Um, we're really worried. Yeah, that... who's used a Geiger counter before. It's basically meaningless, and we can dig into that later. But but I want to I want to lay the scene because at this point, here are the things that we've established about Bigfoot. Bigfoot is an interdimensional entity. It's intelligent um, and. It's Apparently, psychic. at least one Bigfoot likes to hang out in this mystery spot and specifically likes to walk around in the building, the house that is at the mystery spot, that's the, built on the mystery the spot. House. So while they're talking, uh, Bigfoot, they're talking about how Bigfoot is there in the room and it's moving around the room. And then a moth flies across the screen. And rather than, you know, even trying to... They call attention to it. The The voiceover guy is like, oh, this moth-like uh, manifestation of Bigfoot. So at this point, we've established that Bigfoot is intelligent, interdimensional, and can shapeshift, or at least can manifest as this insect-like creature that happens to fly through the shot. And that's the actual footage of Bigfoot we see. But we have many, uh, there are many situations throughout the, the video, throughout the movie, where people are talking about watching Bigfoot turn into an orb as he's walking away from them. Or we see these artist renditions. And the artist renditions are always like swole V-shaped Bigfoot <laughs> silhouettes. Juicing uh, Bigfoot. see through them. Uh, Bigfoot's got his, like, he he skips leg day every leg day. <laughs> uh, so we, we have actual footage of actual Bigfoot, and they're like this moth-like creature flying across the frame is Bigfoot, um, basically. And But then they open up this can of worms that they are completely unprepared to actually deal with, because if Bigfoot is a legitimate shapeshifter, then why are people looking for Bigfoot? Why does he need to be a seven-foot-tall, hairy ape man? Why can't it just be fucking everywhere? I have an idea based on 
the strong amount of gamma radiation, <laughs> could, could Bigfoot be a Hulk? Well, yes, but he could also shape shift. Gamma rays turn you into a Hulk, right? Yes. But the guy. So he's, a, so he's a moth when he's calm, and he's only a Bigfoot when he's angry. But fortunately, he's always angry. Yeah. I'm always a moth. Or the other direction. Maybe that moth gets upset and hulks into a Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, but like we're we're going through after after he said, well, Bigfoot is a well known shapeshifter. Which one? Well known. Well, okay, no. Um, two. Uh, <laughs> well, we were like, we were like, oh, that 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 dude's Bigfoot. Oh, that truck is Bigfoot. Look at that tree. The tree is Bigfoot. <laughs> hey, it's Native American skinwalker technology. Yeah, and and we were. I'm very they surprised. Didn't the skinwalker thing back either. They mentioned they it early on, and they don't ever follow up on it. Uh, the, at one point, at one point. John says, hey, man, uh, this whole Bigfoot shapeshifter thing, they really open a can of worms, and every worm is Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for some reason, I, this is, I don't know why this sprang to mind, but I want to see Michael Keaton dressed as a Native American, address camera, and say, I'm Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he turns into Bigfoot. That's a movie. I want appropriation Bigfoot. Well, we uh, we came up with a, a movie, and while I was upstairs getting my dinner uh, and bringing it down to the basement where I was watching this, I believe John and Tom uh, they did finish the the script treatment because they found a guy who they described as a full blooded Apache. Okay, this is what it said on the script: With Apache, a full blooded Apache Bigfoot and parent uh, and UFO investigator. An alien investigator. So he is a uh, he is a full blooded Apache. He is a Bigfoot, and he is a UFO investigator. investigator. But the pause, the Shatner like pause, however, was a full blooded Apache Bigfoot and an alien investigator. <laughs> so he's like, he just says Uno Chuck and grows into a Bigfoot. <laughs> he's, a, he's a Bigfoot who just shaves himself and then goes and sits in like. In his uh, dank basement in the in the uh, FBI headquarters with Scully and investigates <laughs> all of these UFOs across the world. <laughs> so the script was uh, the, the it's movie. Jillian, it's Jillian Anderson with her arms crossed, just saying. <laughs> so you're a Bigfoot. Is <laughs> <laughs> that, that what I'm getting here? Because. <laughs> You're not fooling Scully. Come on. But then Bigfoot can only respond in Bigfoot language. Like, oh, Miko oh. Harvard. <laughs> Speaking of, um, there are actually two instances of Bigfoot using language in this, and I brought up one of them, the Sierra sounds. Uh, one, up yeah, one of the guys they were talking about or talking to, apparently these are a famous Bigfoot noise I've never heard of. Any of you heard of the Sierra sounds before? But I think so. Okay. So th this is... The depths of Bigfoot nonsense when this, I was 12. This might warrant an entire episode on its own. I bet we could, we could, we could like do a, do a whole episode on this, but just the Sierra sounds that I was familiar with were like the noises that happen in point and click adventure games. Yeah. Like when, when the, when it loads up and it goes dun, 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 bing, mm -hmm. bong. Those are the ones I'm, that's the Sierra sound I'm familiar with. Um, so, I like the idea too that they're like we need a language analyst, <laughs> a crypto analyst, crypto analyst, and they're like, oh, oh call him, call him, <laughs> uh, guys. I, that's that's not exactly what it. I don't care. We need call your help, name. crypto linguist. <laughs> I just picture this like this actual linguist being like 
held against his will in that two-car garage that they were filming in. <laughs> and they're just, like, got a gun to his head, like, motherfucker, you will never leave this fucking room unless you tell me that that's actual language. Tell me that that's language, you motherfucker. You son it's of a like, bitch. I know it's actual dialogue. I was just walking through the parking lot of a casino, and these guys drove up in a in a Bigfoot van. It had some sweet airbrushing on it, but then they dragged me inside of it and tied me up. <laughs> Then I played Russian roulette with Stan Friedman, <laughs> and we solved the Bigfoot language. So uh, Sierra sounds were recorded by Ron Moorhead and Al Berry, and they are purportedly sounds of a Sasquatch in the Sierras. So uh, I'm just going to pick a random point in the track. It's four, four minutes and 12 seconds on YouTube, and I don't want to play it all. So here we go. Sierra sounds. air conditioner well he shape-shifted into an air conditioner <laughs> oh oh yeah that was that was uh one of the points we started laughing because it's obviously a dude trying to talk back to the bigfoot to imitate the noises he's hearing and whatever whatever large cat it is that's actually making those noises was probably very confused it sounds to me like every animated show in which it's all the animal sounds are made by one guy yeah yeah um fuck it the guy who did scooby-doo's voice yeah yeah yeah. okay wait no that was just that was just the the soundtrack at the background of a rainforest cafe no that 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 was uh that was mark hamill's joker are you kidding me (laughs) uh okay a couple more i just picked right here in the middle let's see what else we got Kind of like an elk. No animal in the world could make that sound. Not an elk, not a goose, not an owl, not a person. Not, no, only not a, a Sasquatch, an interdimensional shape-shifting Sasquatch. My, my hound dog makes that sound on a regular basis. Hey, we found a guy who speaks Russian, and he confirmed that it's a Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> so cryptolinguists, they speak crypto, right? No. Yes! <laughs> There's a guy who does cryptid languages. I'm who knew. <laughs> and then, so the other the other time that uh, Bigfoot language and his command of English was mentioned was this. Maybe after you cut out Blake because you didn't see the moth. I think it was after the moth when they were investigating yeah. the haunted uh, two car shed. That where... at some point it just turns into a a ghost hunters show where yeah. they're filming in night vision inside a building mm. hunting for Bigfoot. Inside their their echoey two car garage. Yep. And I have never in my life wanted the guy from Ghost Adventures to be in anything more <laughs> than at that very moment because the guy they had was had no charisma whatsoever and guy, just lacked yeah. any personality. And it just makes me appreciate a douchebag who wants to fight the ghosts more than I could have ever done before. Well, Scooby Douche never like gave you a ninety second lecture on how he built the shed you were looking at <laughs> while wearing while wearing cut off jean shorts and looking like Jonah Hill mm-hmm. you guys think that the, the people the cast of the other shows watch the other shows and just laugh <laughs> talk <at> shit <laughs> ancient aliens that guy's hair is fucking ridiculous yeah, yeah you, said you said it you said it challenge him to an MMA <laughs> 
So these guys, they have their their uh, steel. Well, it's like a wood frame shed with a steel outside. So they have letter and number magnets, and they would try to communicate with Bigfoot. And and they said they're not magnets. They were dice. Oh, they were sorry, dice. They were letter dice. I was not actually watching at that point. I was just listening. Model game. <laughs> So, like, oh shit! Bigfoot rolled higher initiative. We'll never find him now. <laughs> Not all of them were letters. Some of them were like the weird Star Wars letters that you see well, from, from like, the Orbit Falcon computer. Yeah. So I guess like Bigfoot likes to play Sabuk. Yeah. A few of them were uh, tally marks. Yeah. Don't make me admit I know what that language is called. It's, the, it's <laughs> uh, yeah. It's the alphabet's the Orabesh. What's the name of the language? I can't remember. Uh, basic. Oh no! They, I thought they had an actual language for basic. Uh, like they recently came up with an actual name oh, for basic. Corellian, probably for galactic like basic. Anyway, um, it, we're contractually ob- obligated to bring up Star Wars minutia at least once an episode. So there, we got we got that out <laughs> of the way. Glad I could help yeah. you meet the quota. Yeah. So they had these letters and numbers anyway, and they like spelled out "thank you for gifts" because Bigfoot left some shell casings from the 1800s on top of their truck. <laughs> I like how they interpret the matter of a gift. And not as no, a <laughs> How did Bigfoot know it's exactly what I've always wanted? Bigfoot's sending a message. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's saying, but he's saying he's got a lot of Winchester 1872 rounds. Blake, were you were you happy? Did, did you do that? Were you in the neighborhood of these guys' shed? <laughs> just leaving shell casings around. Yeah. From your old guns? No, I would have just pooped on the floor. <laughs> Oh, and Bigfoot, some, Bigfoot poop. And sprinkled some, uh, like, deer hair on it so they could make samples <laughs> of my Bigfoot shit. Left, Bigfoot left this smelly gift for us. <laughs> Thank you for gift. Let's yeah. scoop it up and, and send it into a lab. So then Bigfoot, they came back the next day, and the letters had been rearranged, and it said, Welcome. Except what it actually said was he said, and, and we didn't have all the letters, so he used a he used a backwards three for the or he used a three for the e didn't even say backwards or he used a three for the e and then he used a four for the c. <laughs> <laughs> and, a ba- and a backwards r, how cute! <laughs> Squatch our us. So so really, what Bigfoot said was W three L four ohm. And it's like what the stretch that he's like well well. I mean, the four. Four is a C. Four can be a C, right? So Bigfoot says he's L33T. What do you think that means? <laughs> Bigfoot, Bigfoot wants to see my 80085? I don't understand. <laughs> he left. All he left as a message was A slash S slash L. What does it mean? And to see, him, to see him naked, I just have to hit Alt F4. <laughs> How's that audience? Are these landing? Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I would hope a lot of our audience was alive in the '90s, but you never know. Play a lot of StarCraft and Diablo two back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> a- AOL chat room, Bigfoot five. Sneaking some Counter Strike references. Yeah. Uh, I never played Counter Strike. Bigfoot either. set up the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can never catch him, is because Bigfoot runs with his knife out. <laughs> it makes him way faster, and you can't catch him. Uh, okay, uh, so, so so yeah, Bigfoot, aliens, ghosts. I want I want to loop, loop back around to the alien bit because I really got a kick out of the whole time they spent in Arizona because I thought it was just Sedona, but apparently, like ninety, like the, the, well, not ninety percent, like the parts of Arizona where that aren't just like uh, cops beating up on non-white people are just white people pretending to be Native Americans and having spiritual experiences 
uh, and and so there was this garden, which was just a bunch of litter, kind of semi-artfully arranged, an alien statue with like ski goggles on it, and people had spiritual alien experiences. Statue is a strong word. Okay. It was a, a mannequin that was that had an alien head on it. It's pretty generous. It was still it was still better than that one Robert E. Lee statue, and you all know the one I'm talking about. Oh, oh, Bedford, Bedford Forest. Forest. Bedford, oh, Bedford Forest. Forest, yeah. Um <laughs> <He's> going, ah! <laughs> the one the, the one beard. Confederate statue that can stay. Yeah. Almost got the beard for it right now. <laughs> that would be a great cosplay, Blake. Go as the ridiculous Nathan Bedford Forest <laughs> just, I just pose all crazy. <laughs> Make yourself a ridiculous the horse. Front, get the front half of the horse costume, yep. the two-part horse costume, and just like walk around with that in front of you. Well, it's, it's like, like I saw the weirdest street robot the other day. <laughs> it's like the people who went as you guys remember the bad uh, the bad Jesus lady painting. Yeah, the, the bad restoration. People would go as that for a couple of years. You <laughs> going as ugly Nathan Bedford Forrest would be a pretty damn good cosplay. That's going to be my next trip to Vegas. Is I'm going to dress like that and just stand out on the strip and see if people <laughs> will take pictures with me. Be careful though. If you get on the wrong turf, Elmo might try to fight you. <laughs> hey, well, you've got a sword, so you should probably be okay. <laughs> I say we. I say we combine the two best uh, terrible statues in the country and put Nathan Bedford Forrest riding the blue horse outside the <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> the demon horse with the, the blue giant the blue dick. Devil, the devil horse. Yeah. <laughs> the one that. Oh Jesus! That was half of what we talked about when when me and Blake were in when we were in Denver with a couple of friends a couple of years ago. That's a pretty. Is it a horse or is it some kind of oh, bull? It's a horse. It's like a bronco. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a bronco, oh, it's and a it has bronco. a big okay. dick and glowing red eyes. And apparently, the entire city of Denver hates it, but they can't you get rid of it. Supposed to replace it with a giant Ford Bronco, <laughs> <laughs> with a giant, really ugly OJ in the, in the driver's seat <laughs> going. OJ in the back with a gun to his head. Yeah, you said make it scary. So, so uh, in Arizona, oh yeah, it's Dulce, Arizona, which Tom helpfully translated to us as sugar. No, it was New Mexico. Dulce, Mex- was, Dulce, New Mexico. Dulce, New Mexico. Excuse me. Sweet New Mexico. Yep, sweet New Mexico. Uh, and a guy invented Project Beta, where he studied, <laughs> where he studied uh, uh, Dolce Base, which was what like an alien base he thought was just under a hill somewhere, and he called it Project Beta. I think um, his wife had a Project Beta that was going on concurrently to this. <laughs> and then name, yeah. Project Project Beta gave way to Project Cuck, and Project Cuck <laughs> gave way to Project Divorce. I'm moving in with Steve. <laughs> and, and Chad, please. Obviously Chad. And and right. around around this area, like where where the where the bad alien mannequin was and, and the garden of trash, the spiritual trash garden, the the focal point of paranormal phenomena is the paranormal or is the alien watchtower, which is a platform that's about four feet off the ground. As all good watchtowers are. Right. You need to see an extra inch over the horizon. And and my favorite part is like the focal point of paranormal phenomenon in this area is the place where everybody goes to look for paranormal phenomena in this area. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> joke. The old joke of the 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 guy who's under the street lamp, like hunched over and he's like what are you looking for? And he says, oh, I'm looking for my, my contact lens. I lost it over there. Why are you looking over here? Well, the light's better over here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, it was, 
it, it was front to back ridiculous and, and kind of hard to get through. Um, they mentioned Fermi's paradox and because uh, they had to in the Drake equation. And to, to hear them tell it, which I don't have any reason to doubt this, Enrico Fermi was just like chilling with his bros and said yeah like there's yeah, bullshit over lunch in yeah. the in the los alamos cafe cafeteria and, and he was like hey if there are aliens why aren't they here deep man hey you gonna finish those tots <laughs> yeah tots are the best Fermi tots and now it's <laughs> i like tots to be firm i don't like soggy tots <laughs> yeah gotta be crispy yeah Oh, there was a guy named Clifford Clift. <laughs> he was the, the Mufon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mufon President Emeritus or whatever. Clifford, Clifford Cliffington Clift. <laughs> the third. <laughs> <laughs> there was the, somebody said the phrase intense searches with a big hairy beast. <laughs> Clifford the big hairy beast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, uh, they, they did interview two guys from... Uh, Monster Quest or one of the, one, whatever the dumb show is, they had Cliff Barockman and Bobo, James Bobo Fay, were both in this. And <laughs> oh, Boba Fay, I love that. Yeah, Bo- Boba Fay. <laughs> no, <laughs> Boba Fay's lame. Uh, okay, he's super overrated. Choking hazard. He's coming back. He's coming back for the Mandalorian. Oh, Boba Fay. And so, so does that mean Sasquatch is going to show up in the Mandalorian? Well, well how would you know? He's a shapeshifter. Right. <laughs> wearing his, he'll be wearing his bandolier as normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, um, there was cave art of man thing that they said was Bigfoot. That's right, man thing. <laughs> the man thing cave art. Did I text, did I text you about that? I or think was that you, something else. Um, you I saw te- something else. No, you texted me the swamp thing toy. No, there was something uh, I was. Oh, it was some other know. movie. There was some movie I was watching where the the monster was exactly man thing. <laughs> And I had to look it up and be like, "Yeah, look at this! They totally just ripped this off. It's the exact same thing." Was it was it the Aliens uh, Terminator ripoff you were watching a couple of weeks ago? The Italian one? Yes, yes, it was. That's ah, exactly what it was. Yes, yeah. yeah. So they, they there's a Man Thing ripoff in this one too. And they interviewed a primatologist who began his investigation into Bigfoot by speaking to bikers in a roadhouse. As all good primatologists start their best, uh, that Jane Goodall stopped at, stopped in a roadhouse before he's, she went. He's to continuing on the great research that Patrick Swayze yeah. started mm-hmm. when he uncovered that pain don't hurt. And that Bigfoot and thought he'd be bigger. <laughs> um, shit. Anything else to talk about? We, I think we covered most of the high points. I have a, I have a review that I can read that Ooh, I think do. summarizes it better do. than do. than any of us possibly could. So the Amazon reviews on this are decidedly mixed. You have um, 38% have given it five stars and 38% have given it one star. But <laughs> I don't think anyone captured it quite as well as Fly Centro, who uh, gave it a one star review. Sadly, it did not live up to Fly Centro's high standards. And he oh, he's said, a tough, he's a them, tough cookie. As, as I think he probably would have said himself. I had really high hopes after watching the trailer and seeing what appeared to be Bigfoot sitting down for an interview, but in the actual documentary, there is no such scene. There are no Bigfoot at all 
in the video either showing off their woodman skills or stopping to talk with the narrator. The one Indian guy in the video apparently knows the Bigfoot well and sees him all the time, but did not feel the need to bring him along to be interviewed. Until Bigfoot comes out and stops, starts to be part of society, he will continue to be marginalized in society. Worst Bigfoot documentary ever. <laughs> did, okay, so I was actually I looking for it. That there is no... There is no better topic to have on a cryptozoology podcast during Pride Month than Bigfoot coming out. <laughs> I like Kendra that. Riggleman is no longer a public official, so Bigfoot should come on out, and the two of them can lead a very happy life together. I love Bigfoot the concept. It's the 21st century. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I love the idea of Bigfoot just declining an interview. <laughs> we reached call. out to Bigfoot, but he declined. You may, you may speak to my representative, please. I have nothing further to say you, beyond you my call, call Bigfoot agent. I also like uh, the idea of Bigfoot coming out. Like they have to throw Bigfoot throwing bricks at the police. Come <laughs> out of the, the shadows. Bigfoot. See, when, when Bigfoot when Bigfoot does come out, he's going to do an interview with Oprah, and he's going to be in tears about how it's been very hard to stay hidden and to hide my true self from the world. But I want to be I want to be real with the people who love me. They say that humans come out of the closet. I came out of the forest, and it was a tough walk. Let me tell you. I have lived the last hundred and fifty-two years as a proud gay Sasquatch, and now I'm letting my truth be known. I'm, I'm more interested in the people who gave this, like, two stars. The people who actually thought about it and two, were like, oh, you no. know, it's, it's okay. Two stars. Two, there are two of them. One said, they're, they're both very short. Twinkle Toes says, overrated. And Amazon <laughs> Customer says, needed better editing. I would, <laughs> I would challenge people with delusions of white supremacy to give this rebuttal a check. <laughs> a view. <laughs> I, you know, my people are pretty great, huh? Overrated <laughs> implies that someone told this person good things about this movie, and I want to know that person's opinion. Um, well, we can we can look up a five star. <laughs> uh, as a Sasquatch enthusiast, this movie opens up some interesting and thought provoking ideas. I highly recommend it to anyone who is interested in expanding their horizon, says Lori J. Russell. God, you know that bitch has some crystals. <laughs> yep. He's working on something involving turquoise right now. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jesse Highlander. I liked all the intelligent interviews. I definitely believe. Now, here is um, a four-star review that is, in fact, a verified purchase by someone called Battlescarred. And oh, Battlescarred uh, Galactica? Yeah, that was you know, Battle, yeah, yeah, exactly. Battlescarred Galactica. Um, it's The review is simply... Wife watches these, liked it. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> now there's a marriage built to last. <laughs> ah, she liked it. Five stars. Tom, with four stars, says, Credible people are saying incredible things. This documentary does a good job getting behind the myth and taboo to take a serious look at something that can change your paradigm around, quote, what's real? End quote. That was 100% written by the Tom who was, like, interviewed eight times in this movie. Yeah, um, the guy who they said was a science educator slash Bigfoot hunter. Yes. Because you can't be both of those. <laughs> Where would you find the time? <laughs> he never sleeps. Tom Tom Powell. Yeah, I, I, got, I took his name down. Ugh. Any parting thoughts? We're almost at an hour. I think we've pretty much covered it. 
I'm not going to watch the remaining 20 minutes. Done. Oh, you don't want to see so, the moth? No. They they got really serious about this moth being <laughs> Bigfoot. I'll take your word for it. So so serious, it honestly made me wonder if they were trolling us. Like, is I this just, a, is it a troll documentary or not? I just think it left a lot on the table, and it really didn't explore the fact that Bigfoot is all around us and is us and is inside of us. Yeah. And he can cloak like Predator. <laughs> <laughs> Which the guy directly says, yeah, I look just like Predator. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, I want to, I, I want to, I, I think my final thought is that this was one of those, it was one of those documentaries, you know, using the term loosely, that didn't have any kind of thesis. And when it's garbage TV, I'm like, like, Tiger King didn't have a thesis. It was just a reality show pretending to be a documentary. It was just look at all these crazy motherfuckers. This was trying to be a real documentary and there was no, there was no thesis that there wasn't any, like the end didn't sum up any of the stuff at the beginning. It was just like, yeah, it's those aliens and Bigfoot might be one. And maybe you'll see one if you have an open mind. Like you, could call, it, it, you could call it Bigfoot colon alien ghost question. mark. <laughs> We did come up with we did come up with the the next Tiger King though from watching this and that's um, a ten part documentary about the guy in the mystery house who's yeah. walking around with maypole and standing on that slight incline and <laughs> what do you think he does in the off season that's that's what we got to know yeah that's why we need a ten part documentary series about his daily life I doubt he's there with that energy all year long we we, we can do this Blake like you can drive there it's just on the other side of glacier. Oh. And I can fly. in the winter. I can fly out there, and and uh, I, I I know a guy with a really nice camera, and we'll just we'll tell this guy that we're filming a documentary about the mystery vortex, and follow him around for a week. You know, I'll just take a week off of work, and we will do this. Clearly, he does not have high standards for being filmed. Yeah, because he he let people film Bigfoot moth in his he, vortex. He gave these guys at least eight hours of his life. Mm-hmm. Just mumbling and mumbling. And then you can stand over here and you may be a little bit taller than me. I'm opening up a list of mystery spots. <laughs> and, more than one of these. and all of them have the tall, short plank. <laughs> the bendy house. In conclusion, in, 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 by way of reaching some kind of conclusion, first off, I want to, I want to, I do want to say this, which is that this documentary is head and shoulders above several that I've seen that are far more professional. Because whenever a talking head shows up on screen, they put a little tag to identify that person's name and title, and holy crap, is that decidedly uncommon in documentaries yeah, it is, that I watch? It was very nice. Identify people when they're on screen every time. If you've got 30 talking heads, you're not going to keep track of all of them. So very good. Very good job, whoever was in charge of, of the text graphics on on uh, on this, whoever, you know, whatever editor was handling that. Uh, also, like, 10 demerits to the editor for not actually editing any of the interviews <laughs> in any way that would, like, cut out the rambling and leave only the part that matters. It's, um, it's all important because if Bigfoot can shapeshift into anything, then everything is important. 
And that's the thing. That's the thing that bugs me so much is the lack of imagination and following through on the conclusions here. Because if Bigfoot is an interdimensional shape-shifting entity, then why are you still holding up uh, plaster casts of footprints as if you don't and you haven't already established that Bigfoot can fly and disappear into another dimension. That does remind me of one thing I noticed, uh, that one of the, one of the uh, Native Americans they were interviewing early on, he was showing off his footprints, and he brought out a human-sized footprint and said, yeah, this is a juvenile Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not a Bigfoot. It's kind of a average-sized foot. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, somebody left a print in the mud, and you were like, oh, it's a small Bigfoot. <laughs> I found one by you, Don. Okay. Moores, Mooresville, Indiana. Mooresville, Indiana has a mystery spot? Has a gravity hill. A gravity hill! I, I've heard of every state has a gravity hill. It's oh, a, where, like, you go up the downhill or down the uphill? Yes, yeah, so like the optical illusion where it looks like you're you're going up when you're really going down. Yeah. Um, Alternatively, you could go to Booger Hill in Cumming, Georgia. I I would go to Booger Hill in Cumming, Georgia, even if it didn't have a mystery spot. (laughs) I also appreciate places that were named by (laughs) 12-year-olds. Here we go. There's, There's an Oregon vortex in Gold Hill, Oregon. The Cosmos Mystery Area in Rapid City, South Dakota, which I've seen signs for. I've been to Rapid City. I don't remember that. I only went there the one time, though. And there is the Montana Vortex and House of <laughs> House of Mystery. Mystery. That and that—that's the one. I think that's the famous one because I remember the Tilty House from you know the books of weird paranormal things. The man is tall, and now he is not. Ooh. And the Santa Cruz Mystery Spot, I believe, is the most famous one, according to this. Yeah, travel, um, travel, roadside America. I, I would, I would say we should do a documentary on that one because it's in Santa Cruz and it's more interesting, and you, there's more to do than Montana. But I really want to know what this guy does in his private time, and I really want to get more of of his marble mouth on camera <laughs> for posterity's sake. I wonder if, really quickly, before we go, we could find a clip of this guy's of this guy speaking okay here we go portal to the vortex the montana vortex right here on youtube uh everybody needs to understand what this gentleman sounds like so okay he's doing the uh height switcheroo with another young lady in this youtube video here we go (laughs) let's go ahead and change sides Okay, I can't hear shit. That's terrible. Okay, here he is standing in front of a bird bath. Physicists eat this kind of stuff up because we're experiencing quantum physics at the macro level where we can see it and experience here. This is our laboratory versus looking at an electromagnetic field under laboratory conditions. And we find things by accident because nobody gave us a book telling us. So five years ago, he talked better. I just love the idea of experiencing quantum physics at a macro level. I love the idea that <laughs> that physicists love Those are this science stuff. words. Yeah. I'm quite sure. I I like I, I I think that we can now conclusively decide that it's the problem was with the sound engineers on this uh, on this shoot because like we already had 
there was a moment we didn't really talk about it much, but in that two car garage where they filmed stuff, they played a sound, the Bigfoot sound that, that Don played earlier. Uh, they played some of those Bigfoot noises over like a, a Bluetooth JBL speaker sitting on a, a desk, like 10 feet away from the camera in this echoey ass air, uh, airport hangar that they were, they were all filming in as opposed to like, I don't know, like layering later or bringing the microphone closer mm-hmm. or, you know, any of the things they could have done to give us a sound that sounded like something instead of a sound that sounded like someone dropped a speaker in a tin can. And in that, <laughs> oh, in that same, uh, in that same Montana mystery spot interview, they even had to say like, as darkness fell over the mystery spot, we step outside to talk to, they really had to say as darkness falls because they didn't bring a light. Because yeah. they suddenly realized that, okay, the guy is in, like, 85% shadow. What are we going to do? We were going to look like idiots because we didn't bring a light. Oh, no, we'll just, we'll just make it sound artistic. It's a voiceover. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking on the IMDb page, and uh, it does not have the sound, uh, the sound guys. There's no sound department? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, there was. We watched the whole credits, and they, they did have multiple people. The only people listed on IMDb are the director's. Alan Megar, Megar, McGargle, Alan McGargle, McGarnagle, McGargle, and Ron Meyer. Ron Meyer is also the writer. The producers are Alan McGargle and Ron Meyer. Film editing by Paul Lee, and the narrator is Dennis McClatchy. Also, I like the, I like the narrator. He is also known for First Amendment in the 21st century. Uh oh. And, oh, that, that, oh, is a, that, that is a documentary all about why can't I say the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Guided by uh, the nation's top First Amendment scholars, this series brings into focus critical First Amendment issues in the technological world of the 21st century. The series examines eight First Amendment cases decided by the United States Supreme Court, cases that will guide in the understanding of how the First Amendment is still securing our liberties in the technologically rich and rapidly changing world we live in. Okay. It didn't sound as suspicious as I thought it was. No, it didn't. (laughs) And then he also was uh, a narrator or something in Great American Authors since 1650. Um, I have a slight issue with that. (laughs) Given that America doesn't go back to 1650. No, it was always here. You know, you know what he means. No, it was Turtle Island. <laughs> it's like the guy, the guy who authored white American writers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. There's not. They're not going to have like passages from Native American journals and shit like my Europeans transplanted over to North America who were writers. Great racist writers <laughs> since 1650. <sighs> okay. Um, I'm going to call it, guys. We're an hour, hour five, almost hour six. I think we've talked this bizarre movie, horrible documentary to death. Just right into the ground. Yeah. Um, everybody. Where it, where it belongs. Everybody go watch it. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, we're not the boss of you, but it is kind of funny if you're watching it with friends. <laughs> Blake, you should have waited. Watch it with us. If you're watching it alone for purposes, <laughs> other <than> fun. <laughs> It sounds like you were drinking it. For research purposes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to play us out to some more, some new uh, 
royalty-free music I downloaded a couple of weeks ago. This Ooh. is this is called "Summertime" by D Yankee, and I don't remember what it sounds like. So we're just we're just gonna here we go. Summertime. It's the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy. Oh hey. <laughs> This is music that Bigfoot would do. He'd do beat poetry over this. I like when it went from cartoon Bigfoot walking through a field to noir Bigfoot leaning back in his chair at his desk smoking a cigarette. Yeah, but it's like noir Bigfoot 16-bit version. A sexy cartoon elephant? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, Tom and John, who, uh, God willing, will join us again when we record a live podcast for Virtual Gen Con coming up later this year. I've submitted it. They have uh, they have approved our crypto podcasts, our crypto panels every time up until then, uh, up until now. So I don't see why they wouldn't approve it for Virtual Gen Con. And uh, uh, we'll talk about stuff then uh, like we talk about stuff now so thanks for listening we really appreciate it and tell all your friends that you love us so they can love us too goodbye everybody I just wave like anyone can see it <laughs>